Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. It's Frank Whaley over here. And today is Tuesday, September 8th. And this is going to be, I don't know what number this is, Frank, I forgot. It's season three and it's episode, what do you think it is? I'd say episode 950. Episode 35. Oh, 35. Yep. I was way over. Yeah. So something kind of crazy happened to me yesterday. But at episode 50, then there's a new season. Yes. And we're and it's going to be a complete overhaul. Yeah, we're going to um, do te- it's going to be totally different. We're moving to Television City in Burbank. That's right, and it's going to be a talk show. It's going to oh, be no, a multi It's going to be a game show multi-cam, talk show. Multicam, multicam uh it ain't going to be shit. We're going to be sitting right here doing the same old damn thing. That's correct. Well, actually no. We, we we've been Bouncing ideas around because people have been compl- sort of complaining that there's no structure to this. I don't know who's been complaining. We have not received any complaints. I think there was that one complaint. We I got. complain. No, somebody complained oh, yeah, that, that we they. Were... I remember. I remember, fa- vaguely remember somebody saying, "What's it about? You don't you guys have any subject matter? I don't know something like that." So something kind of crazy happened yesterday. Go ahead. It, I took the dog for a walk. It was about six o'clock at night. And I'm walking up our street. And what should happen to me? But a goddamn turkey vulture jumps out of the woods and flies right at me and then veers away at the last minute. Huge. Why you got to copy? I'm not copying. I'm just telling you this freaking turkey vulture yeah, I mean, was eating something. Yes. And, and it was trying to get me away from what it was eating. For those of you who, who are not privy to previous episodes, I guess it was mid-June, sometime in mid-June, I was running um, on a somewhat remote road. You were not, we don't need to hear the whole story again, Frank, do we? Oh, am I, am I talking too much? No, but like they could just go listen to season two is entirely about the turkey vulture, pretty much. Long story short, I was running and thinking about things, my life and my failures and all the things that I've lost. And loved and lost. And suddenly I was, not suddenly, but I'm shortening the story. These are the, this is the shortened version. I was hit by a turkey vulture, knocked to the ground, severely bruising my ribs, um, lacerations, cuts, bruises, and uh, couldn't run for weeks. And don't get me started on this goddamn pinched nerve I have in my neck that I can't run, I haven't run in two and a half weeks, getting fat. So if you go to the episode that was on June 24th called Angry Bird, I think that's, that's the one that you can... Oh, that's a bestseller. You can, you can go back and hear all about Frank's experience with the turkey vulture, which now you've interrupted my turkey vulture experience to again I'm gonna talk present about the ch- I'm going to present a challenge to the listeners. If you go back to that June 24th episode and you listen to me tell the story of being hit by the turkey vulture and put it to music, I'll send you a bobblehead. Um, so what I was doing on my walk, you know how I keep this bullet journal and I write down what I want to do every day. And every day there's a couple of things that are on it every day. There's writing. I have to write and I have to do some exercise and I try to meditate at some point. 
So yesterday I had a very frustrating experience on the phone all freaking day with uh, QuickBooks. My QuickBooks bookkeeping system was not working. Don't think I didn't see that one day when you wrote in your bullet journal, the, one of your bullets was get out of this marriage. Well, I didn't, didn't accomplish that one. So that gets carried over to the next month. So yesterday I hadn't crossed off anything on my bullet journal because I had been all wrapped up with this stupid stinking QuickBooks. So I went out to take the dog for a walk and I thought, you know what? I could kill two birds with one stone, which has nothing to do with that turkey vulture. And I could listen on my headphones to a meditation for walking. So that's what I did. I was walking and listening to a guided meditation. Boop. Crossed two things off. is, is Is that the whole story? Yep. Wow. I know. Man, that... That I mean, makes... it's, pretty, it's pretty efficient. I mean, that is like peak efficiency. No, I was saying, wow, that's the whole story? Yeah. Yep. Not, wow, what a story. I was like, wow, that's I get a story it. you're I telling? I get it. I get it. But you know what? I, I don't do anything. I just sit around the house all the time, and uh, there's not really much to talk about. Well, there's plenty to talk about. I'm getting my hair cut today. Um, we probably should have labeled that story you just told, uh, Trivial Family Straight Out of the Whaley House. But why is your turkey vulture experience worthy of multiple episodes? Well, you didn't, you didn't talk about the actual experience of the turkey vulture. You went on and on about some meditation you thing me. you listened to. So here's what happened. This turkey vulture flew out, startling the dog. Okay, I let me just stop you. See, back. if I was your editor, if, I was, if this was a, you were publishing this story and I was your editor, I would have said, take out the part of the, about the meditation. It's, it's, not, it's not fueling your story. It's not pushing your story ahead. Just cut it, to the chase. I think that speaks to my character. That's part of the character development of this story. But it's pu- that this it's, is a woman who, at 6 o'clock at night, is like, God damn it, I haven't done anything on my, on my bullet journal. I better go for a walk and meditate at the same time. But is it facilitating your story? No, it's so, it's, it's meandering. It, 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 it's, the listener is losing interest. Well, there were other people on the street who heard me scream when this turkey vulture popped out at me, but they didn't see the turkey vulture. They thought I was just a lunatic woman jumping and screaming in the middle of the road. You've just lost the plot to the story. You're, you're all over the place. You're in the middle. You're in the beginning. You're in the end. Nobody's following it. Well, I want to know what the turkey vulture did. Just tell me that. So then... I do my little loop, and I'm coming back, and at that same spot, what happens? Turkey vulture again swoops out of the woods, but pretty much like buzzing me, like a, like a, you know, when you buzz something in a plane, like that. And that's when I smelled there was something dead in the woods. And I looked, Frank, and it was a body. We'll be right back. So we've gotten some more uh, responses from listeners via the website. And we should have some listener listener mail uh, music, like like a little theme song that we do. Anyway, we'll figure that out later. But so this message comes from Damien. Hi, Damien. And he says, hey, guys. I really enjoy your podcast. I only discovered it a few weeks ago after I tweeted something about Frank and John Cryer and Heather responded to it. Awkward. Anyway, one of my all-time favorite movies is Swimming with 
well, see, he says, Swimming with the Sharks. Listen, Damien, if it was your all-time favorite movie, you would know it's called Swimming with Sharks, not Swimming with the Sharks. Anyway, he says, I was wondering if Frank has any stories about Yeah, because I, n- I never get the title of my favorite movie wrong, The Godfathers. <laughs> I, I'm, always, I'm always right on that one. So he does have many stories about swimming with sharks. And he just told one last week, if you go to episode 23 of the third season, it's titled, well, how did you say that in Denmark you say hello? Hey, Hedge, hey. I, I completely forgot. Hey, yeah. I, I don't anyway. remember any of my Danish. Hey, yeah. Uh, if you go to that one, he tells a, a good story about Kevin Spacey. Do you have any, any more little tidbits? About Kevin, about Kevin Spacey? Yeah, something you didn't tell before. Or about, the, about swimming with the sharks. Swimming with the sharks. Um, the movie's actually called Swimming with Sharks, right? Yeah, Swimming and, with Sharks. Yeah, and, um, but, but a lot of people say swim with the, swimming with the sharks because I think that's the actual term. Anyway. Um, well, the, I think the story that I told in, in that previous episode was about how Kevin Spacey was not the first choice for that role. The first choice was a different actor. That, that actor f- fell out the last minute. They were scrambling. I recommended Kevin Spacey, who I had just d- done a stage workshop with, uh, a reading of a play or something like that. And his usual suspects hadn't come out. People knew about Kevin Spacey, but he certainly wasn't uh, the big movie star that he would become. I got him the job, essentially. I introduced him to the the director, the director wasn't familiar with him, blah, blah, blah. He was hired just before we started shooting about three weeks later. Spacey was trying to get me fired and replaced with a bigger name or somebody he liked better. And that was my first indication that Kevin Spacey is a complete asshole. And now the world knows it. But here's, a, here's a, another button to that little story. We were in the middle of filming. Actually, we were not, not in the middle of filming. We were day three of filming Swimming with Sharks when the Northridge earthquake occurred. And... Uh, which was, I think, is the biggest earthquake in the history. Of, it was a big, big yeah, one. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know, but the, it's historical standing in terms of earthquakes. But it was pretty damn huge. And I had never been in an earthquake. It was middle of the night. Everybody was freaked out. Um, we ended up in front of the hotel that we were staying in, me and Kevin Spacey and others. And he was just, like, crying and carrying on, making it all about him. And... We finally got back into the hotel, and of course, um, everything was put on hold because nobody could, you know, travel on the highway, or the freeways in California. It was tons and tons and tons of damage and, you know, injuries and so forth, and people on the crew couldn't get to work. It was a low-budget film. But a, a day or two passed, and we all got together, the, the director and the producers and Kevin and I in the lobby of the hotel, and Kevin was like, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm not staying here. I can't do this. I can't. I'm too freaked out. And we had to beg him to stay. We'd beg him, beg him to stay on. Who would you, if he had gone home, who would you have put in that role? Nobody, because the film would have shut down. We couldn't oh. afford to, we, you know, he, he's, you know, there, there, was no, there was no going forward without him. Right. You know, it would have taken too much time. And, you know, he couldn't have left anyway because the airports were shut down because of the earthquake damage. But he was, just, he was just making it all about him and being very dramatic and making things worse. And we were all put, put in, a, in a bad situation because of what had happened. And just another indication of, you know, his character. You know, we were all like, we can do this. You know, we're all here. Nobody's really getting paid. Everybody was pitching in and yeah. trying to make the best out of a bad situation. And he was a whiny, whiny 
uh, narcissist. Yeah, and the guy that wrote it and, and directed it was this young guy. It was his whole life, you know, and, and, and if Kevin left, the whole thing would have fallen apart and the movie wouldn't have gotten made. Um, you know, as, as it turned out, you know, he, he did stay. He probably always planned to stay. He just wanted to, you know, to have a, you know, a, a scene around him. Right. And then he, you know, proceeded to make everybody's lives miserable while we were fil- making that film and acting like a jerk and then eventually taking the film away from the director and insisting on recutting it and trying to keep me out of the loop on everything. And anyway. Well, he got his comeuppance. Great guy. Um, we have another... Yet another email. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Sure. Uh, Dear Frank and Heather Whaley. Um, This is from Frank. His name's Frank also. Hmm. Um, I wanted to let you know that your podcast has been the most entertaining and informative podcast I have come across. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, And that's really really something because there are lots of like news-oriented podcasts that provide other information or historical podcasts where you can get... Um, historical facts and things like that. But this one I'm right thinking here, Frank doesn't get uh, out a lot to I'm podcasts. Thinking, no, I'm thinking Frank has good taste and that he says, this is the most entertaining and informative podcast he has come across. He is 30, he says, I'm 37 years old and have been married for 18 years. What? What's the math on that? What? He's been married for 37 years? So he got married when he was like 25? He's no, been married 20, for how many years? He's been married. Oh my God, I can't do math at all. He got married when he was 19. He's 37, and he's been married for 18 years. He got married when he was 19? It, I, I mean, this is really embarrassing that we can't, we can't do that simple math. I, I, yeah, 19, I just used a calculator. Man, I don't know. I don't but that's, know. I mean, hey, when you know, you know. They have two sons. 13 and 5. I've always been a big fan of Frank's work. My question is a two-parter. The first question is, as far as the films Frank has made, was there any ever uh, a piece of writing, was there ever any piece of writing that he directed or character he's played that he identifies with or any parts that he thinks are in sync with his own personality? And then the second question, I'm having trouble finding a poster for The Jimmy Show. Um, And that one, we can can respond to him on, on that. I'll write you back, Frank, and let you know about... We've been married for almost 20 years. You and I have been married almost 20 years. We've been married almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I was about 39. Yeah. You were old. I had 20 years on that, Frank, when I got married. Yeah. And you were how old? I was 29. When we but got you married. had lived, you had lived a lot of years in those 29 years, what? didn't you, girl? Oh, boy. Um... So was there You've ever, been around the block a couple of times and was then there, back. Was there ever a role that you played that you identified with? You know what I really hate when actors play a role and they sort of identify so much with that role, then it changes their whole personality after that. Like Sarah Jessica Parker, when she was in Sex in the City, before she was in Sex in the City, she was always on the worst dress list. She would wear some really bizarre get-ups. And then after Sex in the City, she's like a fashionista. Right. Well, I mean, maybe she just thought it would, you know, be better for her career if she dressed better. But I wouldn't say that any role that I play, I identify with that closely. I guess maybe The Jimmy Show might be one of those. The Jimmy Show was actually based on a play that I had done, one I play called Veins and Thumbtacks by a fellow named Jonathan Mark Sherman. And in the, in the early 90s, I was part of a theater company. That included, among others, Ethan Hawke and Robert Sean Leonard and Steve Zahn, Callista Flockhart. Um, 
a lot of great playwrights and and directors, a lot of people, writers went on to do really great things in their careers. A lot of great actors went on to do really great things as well. And uh, but out of that uh, out of that theater company came this play. Ethan Hawke directed me in this play, and I did connect so much with the main character while doing that play that I thought it would make a great film, and I wrote the film, and I was going to have Ethan Hawke play the role. Ethan Hawke decided against it at the last minute. He plays a, he plays a um, uh, supporting role in the film, but so I did. I did, actually did the did do the movie, but um, it was it was uh, yeah. I would say the Jimmy Show. I think the Jimmy Show is a great movie. I wish more people had gotten to see it. He um, loves it. He goes on to say that's why he wants a poster of it. He goes on to say in his email. Um, I find that movie to be an extremely mesmerizing and hauntingly beautiful film. Well, a little piece of trivia. Um, I sent the film with a letter um, before it was finished, the, the, uh, a cut, the final cut of the film, to Bruce Springsteen. Um, the film is set in New Jersey, and I thought that Bruce's music would be really great in it. And this was in 1998 or so. Right, no, ninety nine. No, it was in two thousand. Oh, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah. yeah, it was like late. late, late it was like two thousand one. Well, that was no, when it was released. But but at the time of the when I sent the film to Springsteen, it was probably we, we were still in post production on the film. It was probably two thousand two, two thousand one. Because no. before we got married, we got married. I can in argue with you, Heather. We've been married too oh long. My God. It was either the end of 2000 or early 2001. Whatever the case, I sent it to Springsteen and he, with a really great letter, which you helped me compose, as I recall. I wish I had that letter now. And not expecting much, but I, I wanted some music from um, Springsteen's album, Darkness on the Edge of Town. And I think I wanted uh, uh, Badlands. I wanted, I can't remember the other songs. I wanted Candy's Room? Maybe Candy's Room. I wanted two or three songs. And not the whole song, but but just you know pieces of the song because you know music, movie music is really expensive now. Then it was really expensive, but now it's much more expensive now. But then you could at least have a shot at something like this. I got a response back via my music supervisor saying that Bruce would allow me the songs. Yeah. For basically nothing. Just the publishing, right? Well, no, just the fees that it would take. Right. You know, to pay the you know, like lawyers and it was like the equivalent of like twenty thousand dollars and um what it would have meant to me in the film is is on i you know at the time i was i went to the producer of the film and said you know here's what we can have and the producer of the film like many low budget film producers um i don't want to say i don't want to disparage anybody but he he just said no I and mean, he's not putting another penny into the film the producers like actually stopped me from like st- cut, cut me off with film at one point. They wouldn't, you know, we shot that movie on film. They stopped sending me film. They said, nope, you've, you've used too much film already. So I was shooting short ends and so forth. Anyway, um, I had an opportunity to use Bruce's songs in that film. And that's and why Bruce Springsteen is thanked in the credits that's of right. that movie. Right, and um, I, I, to this day, my only, I have very few regrets. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. That's from the song My Way. Um, but one of my big regrets is not scrapping that money together, scraping and scrapping that lousy, measly twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars together, and get those songs in the movie because they would be there forever. And who knows, might have turned out differently. But anyway, anyway, I don't know. I got there. I'm, I'm not sure if I. I might have a poster somewhere. Um, but I, I, you know, I'd have to. I'd have to, you know, 
track it down. But meanwhile, if you want to send me, Frank, is it? Uh-huh. This is Frank. Frank, if you want to send me, yeah, he says your he DVD. says in his email that was the question I said that we would respond to him. Um, he has some. Um, it says, uh, I would love to have it signed by both of you. I find, well, that's because I'm in that movie, too. You are. You're brilliant in that movie. Uh, I, would, uh, I find that movie to be an extremely mesmerizing and hauntingly beautiful film. I also have my original career opportunities VHS. Wow. I got from a video store chain my mother ran when I was a teenager. Okay. No I already have Frank's signature on a photo, but my holy grail would be the poster and the VHS. Just need a price for each item sincerely. We'll get back to you um, on that, Frank. And I appreciate your support. and being a fan and enjoying that film and um, send me the DVD and I'll send it back to you. The VHS. The v- and the, the, or the, you know, the, the um, and I'll try to. VHS? Uh, yeah, whatever you, send me whatever you got. What if, tr- you, what if he sent you the Career Opportunities VHS and then you found out for some reason that it was like a rare collector's item and it was worth like $50,000 and you kept it? Yeah, that's, that's unlikely. It's probably worth no. 99 cents. But I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to sign anything. You, we'll, we'll, we will list the, the address. The PO box is on the is on the website whaleyfamilyhour.com. Yes. And if you like this show as much as um, Damien and Frank do, then tell your friends about it and make sure you download episodes, download and subscribe and rate us. That's and right. Tell everybody how how awesome and informative and entertaining we are. I mean, my God, I listen to the Daily from the New York Times every day, and this podcast is more informative than that. Yeah, and we got the, the we, critic has spoken. Yeah, so tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your you know your your family because you know, like Nina Simone said, I don't like empty houses. We yeah, got, unless know. they're jerks. In that case, then don't. I don't mind if jerks are listening. Let them. Maybe they'll stop being jerks if they listen to the wonderful musings of Frank and Heather. Oh yeah, maybe. We could turn them around. It's unlikely.